0: Hello, you're listening to the Sunday Show Tunes Podcast. I'm Paul.
1: And I'm Maureen. Coming up on today's episode, we'll be chatting with West End star Rosemary Ash.
0: West End star and Olivier Award nominee Rosemary Ash has created iconic roles, including Carlotta in the original production of The Phantom of the Opera and Felicia Gabriel, my favourite. I remember how excited I was the first time I met you because of this in The Witches of Easterwick. Her new show, Adorable Dora, plays tribute to national treasure Dora Bryan, whose showbiz career spanned eight decades, from pantomime to Shakespeare, carry-on films to a BAFTA-winning role in A Taste of Honey. She did it all. We are thrilled that Rosemary Ash is with us this afternoon. Hi, honey. How are you? So thrilled.
2: I'm, I'm very well, thank you. I'm recovering from doing the first performance last night, so I'm a little tired, but I'm all right.
0: So ah. what drew you to Dora Bryan as the inspiration for this new show?
2: Well, it was my lock, became my lockdown project. I mean, I'd always admired her and liked her, enjoyed her performances. When I was having a clear out last year, as we were all doing, I came across an old cassette of her show from the 60s. And I listened to it again and I thought, well, she'd just be an amazing subject. Hmm. So I started to write it then, literally last March, April. Then I sort of abandoned it when the weather got nice, you know, because um, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be outside. Then I started up again in the autumn, and I thought I would uh, do it at German Street. And then they had put, uh, putting on this festival of 43 shows, so they've included it in that, so it's worked out absolutely brilliantly. But I just admired her so much as an artist because... You know, and and I resonate with her because she's a comedy actress, mm-hmm. but she sang and danced, and and she did serious plays as well. She did absolutely everything across the board. I was going to say
1: she really, she really
2: did everything. Well, and, um, in, in the show, I I, I say you know um, she's uh, starred in every form of entertain, entertainment known to show business except the circus, <laughs> and,
1: <that's>
0: a- <laughs> and you could you could imagine her at the circus. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> you could. Rosie, what can the audience expect in Adorable Dora?
2: Well, um, the way I'm doing this show is that I am embodying Dora. So I am being Dora, if you like. Not an impersonation. It's an impression. And I'm being Dora mm-hmm. at the age I am now, uh, which is... 21? Uh, 60 <laughs> 60 67. several. 60 <laughs> several. So it's, it's looking back... On her career, she's looking back on all the things that happened right from the word go. Of when she was uh, born in Oldham, and she started her career in pantomime, went into rep for many years, then came to London and started doing lots of films and TV. The whole, the whole career plus her roller coaster of a private life, which was quite something. Um, she had a lot of heartache in her life, um, which she overcame usually by going on stage. So that's it really, it says a lot. It, go on.
1: It seems like, you know, people who are so crazy talented like that and have such expansive careers that a lot of time heartache does kind of follow, you know.
2: Well, yes, it does and, and I wonder now, you know, I was talking to somebody today because in those days, uh, certainly, and that's the way I've been brought up and trained and everything, whatever happens, you go on stage and you do it, you mm-hmm. leave your problems at the stage door because the audience shouldn't know about what's going on in your life. It's also a way of forgetting things for a couple of hours, mm-hmm. you know, and, and absolutely throwing yourself in, into a show and, and it's a distraction from everything. Mm-hmm. and It keeps you going. I don't know whether people are as, as, as strong enough to do that these days, you know, because with everything that's it going is- on, with people expressing their mental health problems all the time, you know, which mm-hmm. of course I understand. Um, but we were, we were certainly in shoes of that generation where the show it's must go on. It's a different breed,
0: isn't it? It's, it's We it's, were chatting with it, we Bonnie were... Langford, weren't we? A, a few, a couple of months ago, actually. And, and yeah. she was just, was it a torn meniscus? She, she went on with a nine to five because she was like, nope, I'm going to just go it. It's well, I'm not going to call it. in sick.
2: I, I'm the same. I've hardly ever missed a show. I have mean, only ever missed a show if I absolutely couldn't sing. Mm. Um, I would crawl into work. I, that's just the way I am. And, yeah. that's, and that's, that's we were we were it. chatting about that earlier as well.
1: That it is um it is a different you guys are cut from a very different cloth than it seems to be as performers are today. Um and well, it's yes,
2: it's it just is everybody- interesting. It is interesting. I mean, when I was in *Phantom of the Opera*, we were told categorically we could not have a holiday for six months. Wow! Yeah, oh, wow. We accepted that. I mean, obviously the rules are different now. Um, I have. Well, for me, they've almost gone too far the other way because everybody's entitled to four weeks holiday, which means that once a new show is opened, if it's a big cast, you very rarely get the whole mm. cast to the full original oh, right. cast again because mm. people start taking their holidays, which, which I understand, you know, as well. I can see both sides of it. But, um, yeah, and and then... And, and nowadays, um, people coming into the business are all too aware of how many sick days they can have mm-hmm. before their pay gets docked. Yeah. Um, and they like to take them. Mm. Um, it wasn't, hasn't never been like that in my day and certainly mm. my generation. But uh,
0: So getting back to Dora, she had a hugely varied career, as we've mentioned. Yes. How do you decide what to include in the show?
2: Well, that's, it is, it is hard. So I went through all the shows she did. I, I've concentrated on, you know, because I have to pepper it with songs. So I do talk about uh, I, I I pass so I talk about the plays and films and things she did in passing, but mainly it's songs from the shows she did. So I went through, first of all, I wrote down, because you know, I wrote the show and I wrote down all the shows she'd been in, and then I picked a song from each one. I also st- start with a bit of her act, um, uh, which is actually I, I've taken from the recording verbatim, because it's so wonderful. That's how I start the show. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. I, I just thought, right, I've got to, um, you know, give her the best showcase I can with the songs from the mm-hmm. shows. That some that people will know, some that they won't. Um, so we've got, of course, things from Hello Dolly. Um, some things, although she didn't do Showboat, she loved singing Bill, and she liked singing mm-hmm. Life Upon the Wicked Stage. We've got um, Gentlemen Prefer Blonde, So there's Diamonds Are a Be- Girl's Best Friend, of course. Um, and, and a sort of a couple of things from reviews like a Noel Coward, there's a Noel Coward song in there as well. Um, so I tried to make it as varied as possible. There are some ballads, of course, but a lot of the songs, there's a bit of music hall, because she did everything. So it was just going through the years, picking out songs from each show she'd been in that I thought would, would balance, you mm. know, and show her versatility.
0: What a wealth to choose from. So exciting.
1: <laughs> no yeah. kidding. Unbelievable. Now, or is it growing up, what was your biggest musical theater influence?
2: Gosh, that's an interesting question because I didn't really have a musical theater in, uh, influence, Maureen. No? Because, I was, no, because I was absolutely set on becoming an opera singer so my, my the singer that I admired was M- Maria Callas mm-hmm. and I remember seeing Maria sure. Callas when I was about eight years old and I followed that path because I was an opera singer before I went into musical theater and then when I got into musical theater I suppose I sort of learned about it over the years and learned about all the divas and then of course the the main one for me became Ethel Merman who I just thought was absolutely amazing mm-hmm. um, oh yeah and I, indeed I did a show about her as you probably know um mm-hmm. yeah I mean I I I was very much into classical music and the opera genre, really, until and at a um, very young age. Yeah, yeah. I started having sing lessons when I was eleven, um, and that's wow. the path I wanted to, to follow. I went to I got my first. I went to music college and the London Opera Centre, and then I joined the chorus of Opera North in uh, okay. the late seventies and started there. And then I got my big break by going on for a part. Um, the Queen of the Night in the Magic Flute, which is very high, got myself an agent and he said, do you know Glitter and Be Gay?" Um, oh.
0: <laughs>
2: said, well, I do as it happens. Would you like to audition for Condide? Now, Condide is considered both a musical and an opera, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but because of that, because I did Condide at the Edinburgh Festival in 1981, I met up with lots of, I started working with actors and got myself a theatre agent, which led to me getting ah. sort of, uh, jobs in musical theatre. That's, that's how it all happened. But quite early on, I did the Rocky Horror Show. Um, and I think about that now, I think, what on earth, did, how on earth did I sing it? I was going to say. The rocky,
0: this is an image that what? I just wouldn't have expected to have popped into <laughs> my head. Oh, I know, fishnets and
2: fish that's <laughs> <napson. Fish laughs> Yeah, but also it was a completely different way of singing. So yeah. I, I, suppose I did. i have no idea what I did now. It's so long ago.
0: So <laughs> when, that, you, when you do your cool. biographical cabaret, we can look forward to that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else could do my life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're nearly out of time, but we have one last quick question for you. You've, you've recorded some great roles um, and preserved as this cast recordings. But if there is a song, one song that you haven't recorded that you would like to have recorded, what, what is it?
2: Oh, I suppose it's uh, well, you mean if I haven't actually recorded it on a CD rather yeah, than done yeah. it on the radio, I suppose it would be probably be some people from Gypsy. Oh just love singing that song um I've, as say, i've done it on the radio and i've so nearly did gypsy and then it's uh it's it's my it's the one that got away really um, oh, oh that's <laughs>
0: annoying
2: yeah <laughs> yeah it's not the end of the world because i've sung most of the songs but i think so probably because it's just got everything in it you know um mm. that i love doing
0: oh rosemary ice thank you so much for joining us this afternoon
2: thank you very much That'd oh, it's our, oh it's, it's our pleasure
0: it's our pleasure and I think we might be coming to the pheasantry, Maureen, don't you think?
2: Yeah. Oh, I hope so. I think so. It would be lovely to see
0: you. Stay safe, lovely.
2: Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.
1: Adorable Dora is at the London's German Street Theatre tonight, June 27th, and then on tour around the UK. For more details, head over to rosemaryash.com.
0: Well, that's it for this episode.
1: If you've enjoyed listening, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. I'm Paul. And I'm Maureen.
0: And you've been listening to the Sunday Showtunes podcast.
1: Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.